Hey, hey, beautiful soul fam. Welcome to a brand new episode of Ceremony Circle Podcast. I am your host, shaman, and author of the best selling book, Animal Power, Allison Charles. And today I'm so excited because I'm sitting here. That actually might sound a little echoey because I haven't received all of my new furniture yet for my new office, but I'm in our new home. And for those of you who've been regular Ceremony Circle listeners, you know that my husband, Luke Story, and I were on a 15-month hardcore home renovation journey. Wow, I can't even begin to get into the details of all of that and all the medicine that that voyage provided. But I could put all of that aside because I'm sitting here in the home. I'm sitting here looking at the trees outside of my office windows and we are here. The time has arrived. So I just want to take a moment to honor that, celebrate that and say hello and thank this home again and the love and light guardians of this land again and these guardian trees and just all of the beings who knew Luke and I were supposed to live here and really put some roots down. I just want to honor this land, this home, this space, and thank it again for having us. Oh, goodness. And today, you're going to get to meet a longtime friend of mine. We actually go back to my time living in New York City. And she is going to bring some super unique essences, teachings, and energies to the Ceremony Circle space. She is healer, stand-up comedian, and tarot reader, Kate Wolf. And like I said, Kate and I go back to when I used to live in New York City. That's where we met for the first time. And she had me as a guest on her show called Invasion of Privacy. She used to host that show with comedian Joe Santagato. And we definitely relive that hilarious time in today's episode. And as Kate Wolf is a stand-up comedian who you might have seen on True TV, Elite Daily, Fox's Red Eye, Nickelodeon's Nick Mom's Night Out, etc. She's also performed in the New York Comedy Festival and many others. So she shares what it's like bringing the world of spirituality and healing to what some might consider an unexpected place, the world of comedy. But because Kate has done so, so much deep, deep inner work on herself, and that's another topic that we definitely cover, I believe that's a huge reason why she's able to so brilliantly combine her edgy humor with her spiritual beliefs. And as Kate is also a certified non-dual Kabbalistic healer and professional tarot card reader, I simply could not resist asking her to provide all of us a tarot reading today, and so she does. And as she believes, we all have a unique vibration and frequency that we're meant to express here in the earthly realm and meant to have fun and break free from the illusions that keep us feeling stuck, she shares tips on how exactly you can do all of that. So I'm excited for this one. Like I said, it's got some vibey, unique textures to it. So let's get on into this medicine of fun with friend, healer, and stand-up comedian, Kate Wolf. Well, Kate, after, I don't know how many years, you know, in time, I feel like gets more and more unimportant and elusive with each passing day. But after so many years of knowing one another and just so many different chapters in our lives, 
unfolding and moving and bringing us to this present moment. It's so fun to have you here on Ceremony Circle with me. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I've been counting down to it. So, Aww. Well, it's the least I can do. I've been on your Invasion of Privacy podcast probably, what, five times? Something like that? I think maybe even more. Yeah. You first came on when I had my old co-host, Joe Sanagato, and you definitely blew his mind. <laughs> We were talking about chakras and basically everything linked to spirituality, healing, evolution. And he's a good dude, but he was not into that world very much. So you came and you had your instruments, your rattles, and you certainly rattled his world. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was such a intriguing meeting point perhaps some of the soul fam sitting with us today maybe you know of joe's name he's a really well known i mean what i don't even know his titles does he say he's a comedian i mean he has his, his own shows like multiple shows yeah i think he calls himself a comedian even though he doesn't do stand-up i know right some stand-up comics hate that but you know comedian's a loose word I'm yes. <laughs> yeah. So he's, yeah, he's been in the media and, you know, social media worlds for a long time. And as Kate mentioned, one of her previous shows, they were co-hosting it together. Was it still called? No. What was that one called? It's my same. It's called Invasion of Privacy. But then he, we parted ways. It just, we weren't completely on the same page anymore. Our paths had kind of, it was time to go in different directions. And then I kept it by myself. And now my fiance is my co-host. He kind of infused it with new energies I needed. I believe I had one of the first podcasts ever. So I've been doing it for like almost nine years and I was kind of lagging, which I was embarrassed to be. But after years of doing it, I just really needed some more motivation. I obviously had gone through a lot, which we can get into some of that if you want. But yeah, him coming in as my co-host, he's very funny. And I have a tendency, it's supposed to be where comedy meets spirituality. But if it's just me, I have a tendency to want to just go all spirituality, mermaids, fairies all, right away. And he kind of helps me keep the comedy mm. in it by being there. So I see it's a good mix and it's yeah. given me life again to do it. Yeah. Just that one thread of an example of how just with this one show, it's gone through so many different forms and variations and iterations. And yeah, you have had it for such a long time. I can't even imagine. I think by the time this episode comes out, it'll probably be around episode 60 something for me. So it's wow. like, I just hit one year in. And so when I think about my husband, Luke's podcast and your podcast, and some of my other friends who you guys have been doing it for seven, eight, nine years, like you said, since the beginning of when podcasts started, it's really mind blowing for me, even coming from someone who's been in media for 
like, oh my gosh, like 20 years, the thought of having that long of a running podcast, because it's a big project and it's a big deal. So yeah, thank you for your honesty <laughs> in that. And I also am so glad that you started us with flashing it back to that first time when we met you've always been so respectful and honoring of me and my work and i've told you that a million times but just want to thank you again in this space in this interview for always doing that like it gets me emotional because it's like i've really been working on you know there is this piece that i've been really intentionally prioritizing work around because in the house, in the, in my archetype wheel, one of the houses, the house of my highest potential, the victim archetype lives there. Mm. So I've known that for many years and I've been working the archetypes for many years, but like there's something that's been coming back more present around this last little thread or nugget in me that does at times get frustrated when I feel like I'm not as fully acknowledged for all the weight that I've carried for the shamanic path, for humanity, for returning shamanism back to its most ancient truths, like for the purity of my heart. I mean, I could go on and on, but you know, in this somewhat ramble of an unexpected share, it's just been nice to know that along my so many years of doing this work, it has infused strength knowing that here and there, there have been people that have so fully seen me and so fully gotten what this mission is like. And you're one of them. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, we met at a very special time where I really needed someone like you who was tuning in to these frequencies and these dimensions and not thinking that you were crazy to do so. We were both very sure of our gifts that had been jolted awake and in, in different, but similar ways in a sense, just trauma helped to bring about our latent gifts that had been buried to survive in this world. And I believe destiny probably had a part of that knowing when we were going to pop awake, but it was really nice having someone who could really tune in and talk about these things without thinking we were both crazy and to really feel free to open up those kinds of discussions, because especially at that time, they would lock you away <laughs> if you really held on to, oh yes, I was channeling an enlightened alien race. You say that to the wrong person, you just never know what could happen. So we were both, I think we met at a time where we were really coming in to our truth and it was nice to have someone, yeah, who saw me and I saw them and we were really helping each other anchor into our missions mm -hmm. and speaking our missions back then when that was also not very common. Yes. Yeah. It flashes me back to different conversations we've had throughout the years where, yeah. And I do think it's important. There's such a fine art and a dance to so many aspects of being human, the spiritual path of everything, everything's yes. such a, a living amoeba and dance. But part of one of the dances is I think it is important when you've done enough work to know that you're not ego driven, it's important to 
have a healthy level of self-honor and respect and even mm. just saying to yourself or saying to one another, like, yeah, in our own unique ways, we have really pioneered, especially being so public with this work of allowing these ancient truths and remembrances to be spoken of very publicly. And we have paved the ways in a lot of ways, and we have worked oftentimes exhaustively to create a new safe space for these truths to be spoken of and to be shared out in the world and publicly again. So I, this wasn't even on my list to talk about, but I'm just so grateful that somehow our souls brought us to this discussion point because it feels important even in this real time that it's spoken of in this interview. Like we, yeah. we have done a lot for this planet and the unseen realms. And we've done a lot for benevolent guides that we work with mm. so that they feel heard. And, you know, we have opened those connection lines. Yeah, we've done a lot. And I think it's important to say we've done a lot. <laughs> yes. And I even had you coming up in comedy clubs, headlining and channeling these spirits and how you do in different ways where you channel you you've kind of told me a little bit about how you channel depending on what you're channeling but you would go up there in the comedy club and not just be a shaman but you were making people laugh as well and i have to say yeah you have been in media a long time i love that you are a hip-hop radio dj like I think that you are just a very unique person with these different facets that combined perfectly to be able to also with your voice that you've been practicing using for years, bring those in. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I loved seeing you in that environment. And then also I would, you'd be hanging out in the green rooms around, you know, some pretty crazy comics and you hung, you took in their energies and where they were at. So sometimes you would get someone who was interested, but a cynic and you were just really warm and listened to where people were at in their journey, even if they were not sure what to do with us. Or not sure what was going on at all. Like, yeah, this was during a time when I was in my many years in New York City, living in Brooklyn. And yeah, so Kate, you know, really, she was making her rounds that doing the circuits and in, in the New York City comedy clubs. And somehow, for some reason, you know, something clicked in with her to have the vision to start to weave me into some of these comedy clubs. And I think it started with me just like, we were just hanging out as friends and you'd be like, Hey, I have a show at New York comedy club Wednesday night at nine. Like, do you want to come by? And I would just <laughs> say yes. And so, yeah, naturally as she's back in the green room with the other comedians who would be going on that night, I would be back there hanging out you know, I'm just sharing with the soul fam joining us. Like, I just, I loved that environment. I, I love weird, especially when the weird is from a, a heart centered place. Mm. And I love strangeness and oddity. And when you're in a green room at a comedy club, you're definitely being filled <laughs> with all of those things and, and the creative expression and just 
the authenticity and no filter and yeah the you just never know what anyone's gonna say and yeah i had no problem with the people i mean for the most part people are like heck yeah like what you're a what you do what like we're doing like past life regressions in a green room and part of that a big part was my fault because i would be like guess what she can do <laughs> and then who doesn't want a quick past life regression or a quick find out what my spirit animal is so that's my bad i'd be much more careful <laughs> of you at this point because i'm a lot more careful with my gifts too i used to bring my tarot deck everywhere and be reading tarot for all the comedians and then i end up burning the candle at both ends right in a lot of different ways so i really had to work on boundaries and just protecting my energy or i would fall flat my body kind of broke down which was a big lesson from the universe but yeah that was when i was just kind of advertising how cool your gifts were but it was really fun and i mean i felt that you were quite honored by yeah. most people there i would not let anyone not do that so <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think there was i can't recall a time where i left a, a comedy show and had to like really tend to some anything gnarly that came up yeah i think yeah, for the most no. part is very honoring and yeah thanks again for allowing me to have that experience of headlining at new york comedy club for comedy seance right was that yeah. what it was called and well we yeah we eventually me you and jess grippo had our own comedy seance show someone a couple of people have been trying to work off that name and i kind of just let it happen because i'm not in the mood to be like excuse me i've been really careful about how i navigate life and what do you want to give your energy to and what you don't but i mm -hmm. have seen some interesting i'll say copycats with mm -hmm. that but you know on the positive of that what we were kind of talking about before is i know we were bringing a lot of this stuff to podcasts before it was popular to really talk about expressing your truth expressing your soul so i think the positive is energy affects energy yeah. and our souls want to awaken so what we've been bringing and trying to combine comedy with it there's such beauty in it that i can't really get mad at anyone wanting to work with that as well but i also have seen not just with me i've seen a lot of copycat stuff out there in general like social media and i, I don't know exactly I, I don't think copying exactly is right but i do think we get influenced to a certain degree but that's just something i've been working on myself especially when i see something that i think was directly copied i really try to work with those energies and not jump to a truth because sometimes you might think you were copied and you weren't because once again energy affects energy totally. but i have seen you affect a lot of people's energies so. <laughs> interesting yeah so that last piece that you just shared brought up a couple of things a couple of areas i did want to be sure to get into so let me just see which one i get mm. pulled into first so yeah, I mean, they kind of go together and I just, yeah, I just want to get like right to the heart of it because when I was tuning in to potential flow for you, this piece really was just like the first one to jump into the field and land on the piece of paper. And, it, and I haven't really covered it yet. And it's, it's such an important piece and you're the perfect person to talk about it with. And it's, let me find the words for it here. 
It has to do with when you become aware that mm. a lot of your gifts, the way in which they're meant to be embodied and the way in which they're meant to be shared, when you start to understand that like your earth mission and the way you're to be of service is like not easily digestible and mm. you start to witness reactions from others when you're just authentically being you. And I just got flashed to like just so many different examples and times and scenarios of knowing you throughout the years where I just remember you battling is me. I don't know if that's a fully accurate word because I, I don't think you're battling it so much anymore. Mm. But as you mm. were in that dance and having those awarenesses growing, I just kind of want us to flow wherever and whatever's coming up for you because you have touched on, you've learned like so many different ways of discerning and boundaries and tempering mm. that fiery dragon collie. <laughs> there's these beautiful aspects of you, but it, and like we know with every aspect, there's shadow and light. So what comes up for you to speak to mm. just like in your own personal experience of when you realize like, wow, it's hard for a lot of people to understand my gifts. Well, like you just said, I have a lot of dragon energy within a lot of fire. Kali is a goddess that I work with often. For those of you who don't know, she's a fiery goddess. She chops the head off the ego. So we all collectively can lead with the heart, but there's a lot of fire and fear sometimes associated with that kind of energy in general. So I have been battling a lot of my life, which I think a lot of people do just to different degrees. How can I righteously sit with my anger or my power, my fire? Because that also can be interchangeable. Fire can also be linked to transformation in that way. So it's a whole multifaceted element. But for me, it was learning to really sit with it and ride the waves as long as I could without accidentally taking it out on someone, including my own son. But really also boundaries became in there because I had to differentiate what was me and what was other people. I didn't even know at a certain point. I had become so disconnected from myself and well, certain parts of myself that I was in the process of reconnecting to. And I think there was a lot of guilt and shame for just being me, for just having that fire within. And even as I was in the awakening process, I was still feeling like I wasn't doing spirituality right. And it's something I still work with is, okay, this is about my truth and getting there and finding the balance of who I am so I don't act out. But it's also about allowing myself to be me. And that was one of the hardest parts that I was battling. And I didn't even know who I was in a sense because I was so split. So it's like, I knew there was a part of me that's fiery and I knew there was a hermit part of me. And I'm like, wait, am I outgoing and fiery? Am I, you know, an introvert and just want to be by myself because I'm so hurt and sensitive and feeling wounded. I didn't really understand a lot. And I think what made it easier was 
setting so many boundaries and just getting a lot of sacred space to heal. A lot of things were coming up in my system that had to be healed, different traumas. And I didn't really know how to not give myself away still. So I just kind of had to do something pretty extreme for a while. And I hermited a lot. I stepped away from comedy a bit. My body also broke. I have battled Lyme disease since I was like 23. And at a certain point when I was doing comedy and the healing work and some other stuff, I just broke in a lot of different ways. Mind, body, spirit broke. So I had to really learn how to navigate from a place of truth and being in my body. And even if I felt shame for saying no to certain things or not being able to go to certain things, I just knew I had to protect myself and reparent myself Mm. and listen to what my inner voice was really saying, even if it didn't make sense, or even if my fears or my ego was like, no, you need to take that gig. I really had to let my inner child say like, I can't, I'm breaking. It's still hard to do it. I'm even shaking a little bit as I speak on it. Cause it's a very vulnerable and it was a very scary thing. I went through allowing this fire to come up while allowing my vulnerabilities and that inner child to come alongside that fiery place and know that both were allowed. So that's been a deep part of my healing. Cause that's also what gets taken. That deep vulnerable child really gets messed up in a society like this, at least years ago when I was a little taught growing up. So, yeah, yeah. And through your diligence and just unwavering devotion to because the things you've allowed to come up and reveal and surface mm. and face are things that, you know, if I had to guess, there are things that 99% of the population just doesn't allow to come up, whether consciously or unconsciously on whatever level, knowing the work needed or whatever the feelings that would come up if you allowed them to surface. But in all my years, knowing you, like you've relentlessly devoted to letting what wants and needs to arise. And what do you attribute? Like, what was it that allowed you to keep going and facing like really scary traumas, like things where you knew, okay, if I let this really come up and if I really face this, it might mean the, the demise of this hugely important relationship and that one and this one, it's like a chain reaction, but yet you persevered with the healing and facing why, <laughs> how? I would say three things, faith, and I really have a strong faith in God and goddess universe, something bigger than us. I've seen it. I feel it. I work with it. That my faith, my intention, I knew my heart and my intention for healing and evolving the whole time. And the third is compassion for myself and others, because we are all human and we all have blind spots. And I, as I allowed a lots of different things to come up, not just from childhood, just different events that I had disconnected from. I really just allowed for my compassion for myself first before I brought it to anyone else, but really just tried to understand 
how things happen in the first place. And I know that we are healing generational trauma. And my generation is now trying to heal what got kicked to us. So I really just, yeah, those three things allowed me to survive. And then reconnecting with my middle school best friend, he helped me really find compassion and my anchoring. Cause like at that point, I think I had lost myself a lot and the anger, the fire that we were talking about was consuming me. But those three things took me through. And it's, it is a world where we should have fire because there's still so many injustices that are painful and we just have to figure out how to come together as a real community worldwide. I'm not saying like one, what do they say? Like one, whatever. I'm not saying something like we are ruled by one or something, but we as one come together and know that we're connected and we have to, first of all, keep the planet alive. If we want to even have anything to talk about or all be dead, but we need to come together to figure out how to keep Gaia, the earth soul and the earth alive and how to keep each other alive and happy. Suffering is such a deep part of life that I think a lot of people have convinced themselves has to be a part of life. Mm. And I think there's a way for us to come together and make it so we're more of a thriving community and less of that tapeworm, parasitic, taking juices from each other, and then all of us just feeling drained. We really have to figure out a new way for all of us to flow and be rejuvenated as a whole and just end a lot of the misery that doesn't have to be here. Totally. It's something you just said. It's learning to dance with that fire. I share a lot from my perspective. The fire is the original shaman of all the universes. And so it holds the most ancient wisdoms and sacred teachings. And it's so alchemical and transformational and such a teacher, a most potent teacher. But yeah, I mean, as you have been expressing, it took you a number of years of learning that fire dance of giving it the space that it was so desiring and had been so suppressive of having space to move for so many years. But yet when you took the lid off that fire, and like you said, like it was kind of all consuming and also wanting to express outward, right? Because it was so fiery, it probably felt like you couldn't contain and hold it all. And so you would have mm. those dragon moments where you're like, do you want me to take that person out for you? I'll send a laser beam fireball. <laughs> and yet, you know, like here you sit, you feel in this day, just so integrated and so much more landed within your being. So that's one. And then the other thing that came up was a short story that I shared on Instagram the other day from another teacher friend who will be on Ceremony Circle, Arash Jacob. Love him. Shout out to Arash. But he posted this quote, what would it be like if in one moment it crystallized within you to stop reaching toward pain. Hmm. And that just, there was something, it was like when I read that, he's a mystic and a seer. And when I read that story transmission, it was just like, I saw a vision of like a key going into a treasure box. I'm like, ooh, this holds something big for me. And so I've hmm. just been dancing even with that quote. And, and witnessing how many times, like, is there a subtle body aspect of me that just unconsciously wants to pull to a worried thought? And it's that thing of like mm. these subtle realms within us wanting to pull us toward pain. And when we, we become aware of 
that pull helps you get present again more and more and move yourself out of that dance. Hey, it's time for today's microdosing moment where I share about a product that's truly changed my life. Today, it's all about Lotus Way Sacred Flower Elixirs and Essences. I love the founder. She's a master flower alchemist, scours the planet for us to be able to use the world's most powerful healing flowers blended into delicious tinctures, aura mist, bath salts, and so much more. Today, I want to share my new favorite. It's called Sacred Body. It's an elixir and a facial mist, and it has nine different flower remedies for rapid detox, self-healing, including yarrow for vitality, pink lotus for wisdom, crown flower to remove toxins, and so much more. When I use the sacred body elixir and put the dropper full underneath my tongue. And also when I use the sacred body facial mist, I truly feel cleared of any negative energies. I feel revitalized, nourished, uplifted. I feel like I've got new healthy boundaries all around me. I truly, truly believe in Lotus Way. So when you go to their website, that's lotusway.com, you can use code MYSTIC at checkout. That is all capital letters, M-Y-S-T-I-C, code MYSTIC at checkout, and you will get yourself a Soul Fam discount. Much love, guys. So with the comedy stuff, I wanna do one last dip into the comedy world. As we have shared, you merge the worlds of spirituality and comedy and you perform and comedy clubs all over, but especially a lot in New York City. And what has that been like for you, especially having done it for so many years? What shifts have you witnessed from the first time you did a set that blended spirituality to present day are audiences more receptive or not like what have you been witness to in this journey i've definitely noticed a change i mean years ago when i started bringing what i was experiencing with the enlightened aliens and all sorts of that out there stuff on stage at least when I was trying it for the first time, I would get looks like she is crazy. We're scared. And now people are so much more open-minded to those kinds of jokes, especially if you have the right punchlines and it's structured properly. But, um, it wasn't an easy journey though, having that happen. And I even had a joke stolen that I never thought would be stolen. I guess I, it was like, nine years ago. And I don't, I might start telling it just be again on stage in a way where I'm like, this got stolen. It was my energy penis joke, which is like, I, it was one of the jokes that was the hardest to tell starting nine years ago. Cause here I am, you know, a straight woman going up and saying, I felt like sometimes I had an energy penis and the reaction was pretty strong then. And then I, someone stole the joke and turned it into like a meme about, they almost did it word for word. There were a couple changes. And once again, I didn't say anything, but I was like, what a funny thing that got stolen from me. Cause when I first started telling this almost a decade ago, people thought I was insane. And I feel like it's almost helped a little with the movement of what is gender and the fluidity of it. But, uh, yeah, no, it's interesting. And now it's much easier to go up 
and talk about the mermaid realm or aliens mm. or just spirituality in general. Just talking about like following your soul is a lot more popular now. You don't get made fun of <laughs> for saying something like that. So, yeah. but yeah, co the comedy world was a hard one to be in. I'm very sensitive and my work has been listening to your body and not going where there's pain, even in my physical body. So I listen to it physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And to do that, to be really in your body and sensitive while entering the comedy world is very hard because most people are just grinding every night, taking every gig they can because you kind of have to get good. And that's what kind of broke me. I was doing that and other things. And then also raising a kid. So now as I've re-entered it, I listen to myself. I take less gigs because I have to. I do tower readings and healings. And now I'm back to teaching art part-time. So I really have to listen to myself. And that's how it's changed is I've, I keep embracing who I am, including my sensitivities. And there's not much flex room there anymore. Like if someone comes at me, like, are you serious? You're not going to take that gig. I'm like, I can't, like, I will break. I will have a three-day migraine or there were two weeks I couldn't even walk. So I'm not willing to go to those intense places of pain. So mm. I really navigate from a more boundaried centered place. Sometimes I lose my center and that's where our cosmic surfer comes in where you surf those waters till you find your calm again. How have you stayed so authentic in terms of like, because we've chatted a little bit about this throughout the years. Some of your other comedian colleagues you've seen get their own Netflix specials and, and things like that. Yet you've I, I don't, and I'm not trying to say that every single one of them is like sold their soul or been a sellout. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying for you, you've managed to hold a line where you're not going to compromise your body, your health. You're not going to compromise what feels authentic to you. And to some, and from the outside, it might look that is at the cost of you not rising to a certain level of fame or exposure or getting certain projects. And what has that dance been like where you know that you're holding the line that you need to hold, but it, it could be at the expense of you not getting your own Netflix special and things like that. It's something I've worked so much on almost every day. If I do, it depends on also what I see. You know, if I see someone who's a great soul and they just got a great project, I am very excited, but it is tough sometimes seeing people who I don't, and I'm not trying to say it in a mean way, but I feel like have sold their soul in certain ways rising, but I just say, okay, that's what the environment is there right now. And I'm not willing. I was kind of headed in that direction in a sense and I broke. So I'm not willing to risk things that really mean something to me, like deep in my heart, you know, I'm not willing to risk my health physically, spiritually, emotionally, I'm not going to do it. If something feels wrong, I will walk away. I don't care what network. I don't care what club I did get groped at a club and haven't been back because of it. I finally actually let them know years later, 
because the man who did it passed, but I just wasn't willing to go down certain roads. And I also wasn't willing to fight because sometimes that's what people really want to deep down mm-hmm. subconsciously is a fight. Yes. And I have learned that my energy is precious and I would rather take it to my apartment with my fiance and my son and have conversations with sensitive friends who do get it than be I'm not saying all people who are rich and famous are this at all, but I'd rather do that than be rich and famous and unhappy or twisted in certain directions. So it's just been hard though. But at the same time, I do know what really matters as we all do, right? We watch those like Christmas movies or whatever kind of family movies where the dad finds out like, Oh, that's right. Family is what matters or like how I feel in my own heart is the (laughs) real gem. Yeah. But it's true. It's like you become a shell. If you make certain sacrifices, especially moral ones, your soul starts to leave your body. And I believe deeply in the mind, body, spirit connection, which is what 666 really means. Everyone. I know. (laughs) Side note, it's the alignment of feeling good in all of those areas and the importance. And I know that deep down in my soul. So I'm not willing to sacrifice what I feel is the most priceless thing, which is life force. Some of these people are chasing things that actually they're great and they mean something if they're in alignment with who you really are. But some people are chasing what success, what they think success looks like. And then you get those things. But if it doesn't feel good inside, then is it really worth what you thought? And I think my work and even my readings and healings are let's get you in alignment. So you have real success because I know from my own experience, what it feels like when things are looking pretty good externally, but Mm -hmm. you know, inside Mm -hmm. it's hell. A shit show. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, oh, no yeah. fun. I was a mess. Not that I sometimes I'm a mess, but I'm way, I'm a way calmer person after everything. Yeah. 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 It takes me back to the phrase that I coined many years ago, the winning but lost thing. It's like, mm. yeah, if you do that enough, like, yeah, like looking from the outside, you know, all these headlines, all these shows, all these accolades, all these things on the outside. But in attaining those things, yeah, are you sacrificing your integrity? Are you sacrificing your values? Are you sacrificing your health? Are you sacrificing relationships? And like you said, every single what seems to be small, especially in the beginning, like, oh, I'll just make an exception this one time. And Mm -hmm. then like when you start to tweak and override that clear divine alignment and sacrifice, like you said, that soul loss, that soul withering away and and shamanism, that's where when people come to us and we do soul retrieval, we then have to do the work to do the repairing of those steps and call call those soul aspects back into their bodies. Yeah. So it's such an intriguing thing, especially as humans on earth, and especially when you're in the public figure world um, and also a healer, it's so much to navigate. So let's talk about your healing work. You have been doing tarot readings for so long. And I haven't had a reading from you in such a long time. And I also 
believe it or not, have not covered tarot on Ceremony Circle, so I thought it would be perfect. I know what you might provide to me live in the show now is like an abbreviated version because, I mean, whatever you want to do, but I know in tarot there's like spreads and numbers of cards and like my Animal Power card deck, it's just like the instructions in their booklet are just like pull one card if you want, leave that card at your altar, carry it with you, pull four cards. But with tarot, it's more like a thing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to do a three card spread and just feel into what story they're telling me. Normally I do more cards, but we're going to do an abbreviated one right now, but hopefully. What deck are you working with? The mother piece deck, my round deck. Oh, cool. Um, Okay. So. (laughs) I, I haven't had a reading cards. in so long, so this is fun. Okay. <laughs> so the first one is three of discs. And I was actually getting the number three coming through before I pulled for you. Hmm. It's the number of communication, clarity, comedy is in there. And like <laughs> I was saying, you're someone who's so easy to talk to and be funny with, because I can say some pretty out there things and you still roll with it while you can tell with your energy at the same time, you're like, I'm not necessarily putting my stamp of approval on what you just said, but I'm laughing. And I think that's amazing because that's how it kind of should be where you can laugh at someone. And that doesn't mean you agree with what they're saying. (laughs) And yeah, you just have a really deep sense of humor. Three of discs is also three of pentacles in the typical deck. They call it discs in the mother piece deck, but it's pentacles and that's physical manifested energy. It's like the physical world, right? The earth itself. Mm. And in this picture, they're actually building and you are building here. You are with this podcast, Mm. you are building something that you've been building for a while, right? It's pyramid energy of, it can be a pain to have patience and lay one brick on top of the other, but guess what? It's that uh, three little pig story. No one's blowing your house down because Mm. you're going to be so anchored in self and in your career, which is also very multifaceted. Mm. So it's a beautiful thing that you have fought to keep these things alive that you love, even if you didn't know how exactly they were going to fit together at a certain point. And you still, you (laughs) still might not know exactly how it's all going to fall into place, but you are building And with that three, once again, it's in that communication, clarity, comedy being in there, but you're building it. And you obviously have a very solid, beautiful career in this arena, the media shaman, rock star shaman, all of it. Mm -hmm. So those cards are beautiful. I love the color of that yellow. Thank you. And another three, three of cups. Wow. Geez. Oh, is that really highlighting that you're a master? in that and to really honor that about you Mm. because I think you know how Mm. good you are at expressing vocally and getting these really sacred words across that are deep in your heart and you want to get across for a deep reason Mm. three of cups cups are an emotional element it's that water flowing and this is asking you to celebrate you can loosen I think you also had to create some really strong boundaries because I also know that people have messed with you a little bit in certain ways of like just wanting, you've had to prove yourself in so many different ways in this. And I don't even want to say career choice because it shows you that it came through from above, but it's like 
saying like you can loosen and celebrate, mm. like you can breathe now. The celebration is here. And that there's this strong sense of community, even you can see in the card with the celebration, it's coming together and being able to celebrate it with other people who are fighting to keep this earth alive and to create mm. a really sacred community of souls who know that we can create something better here yeah. where we're not suffering. Our kids aren't suffering. There aren't people locked away, rotting away. Like we have to come together and rebuild this. And it's celebrating the fact that you are doing that. Like you're in it. So you can loosen, you can fully enjoy, which I know you do, but it's asking just for that deeper level of release and surrender even. Mm -hmm. And I know you work with surrender and you have for so many years. So it's just getting to that deeper place of being able to relax. Mm -hmm. and have yeah, fun. that really resonates. I love how in that card, they're like dancing with snakes and like some guy is like holding two snakes in his hand dancing and the other one's playing like a shamanic flute and there's some guy riding a horse down a river and like, it's just, that's a it's vibe. Oddities you were yeah. talking about of loving that green room. Mm. You know, that's a mm. part of life. It's, it's like why we would watch a documentary on planet earth. <laughs> Everything is odd. Yeah. Just being alive is odd. Trying to figure out what reality truly is odd, but it's beautiful if you can accept all those oddities in you and in others, as long as others aren't acting it out, their oddities onto you. Totally. That's a whole other. Yeah, that's a whole other episode. Yeah. Um, perhaps <laughs> at some point for sure. And then, yeah, the other thing that really spoke to me that's been coming in loud and clear uh, that you shared with the, that second card, the three of cups was um, the mastery word, like that word. Yeah, especially... I, yeah, I think in the last, I want to say three-ish months, that wave of awareness and directive from spirit has come in of like mm. me, of them really pointing out to me and, and making me arrive to the awareness point within myself of how I have arrived to such a place of mastery and so many different aspects of the work. Of course, I'm the first to say I'm a forever student and I'm on the infinite evolutionary path. And that's like my favorite thing about shamanism is learning every day. However, that recognizing and not being afraid to speak out loud, I have gained mastery and a lot of different mm. realms and a lot of different places of the spiritual being a spiritual leader and the shamanic path. Like I am a master and a lot of different, in a lot of different ways. Yes. And claiming that mm -hmm. claiming it and being able to claim it just like a doctor could get his doctorate in a degree. It's like the universe is saying you're allowed to have your, it's, it's like a beyond masters, but like you're a master in this and you can claim that and feel good about it. And now let the ride take you. Mm -hmm. And with the cups element in it too, it's like, allow your feelings to be justified. Even if it's like, wait, no, I do deserve to say I have mastery in this, or I'm a master of this. You're allowed to feel that's not cocky. That's confident. So it's great for you to claim all that you are. You are a very powerful goddess. There's a picture of me and Allison from the first time I met her. And my face looks like I just met Justin Bieber, but like more than that, because I wouldn't be <laughs> that excited. <laughs> He's great, but I wouldn't have looked like that. So, and I'm very sensitive to energies. And I just remember like you, you bring a lot, you carry a lot, and it hasn't been easy to carry these energies down and to be met with 
certain belief systems and having to battle certain peoples until you decided that some of them weren't even worth the energy. You don't have to prove yourself anymore. So, which brings us to our last card for right now. This is making me obviously want to give you a full <laughs> reading because that's what I used to do a lot when I would get to hang with you in the city. Okay. So seven of wands, Mm. look at that card. There's a lot of fire, a lot of red in it. We've been talking about dragon Kali energy, and this is you really claiming that fire community. There are a bunch of women in this mm. coming together. And I love how multicultural this deck is. It's one of the few decks that doesn't feel a bit racist to me mm. also. And I love that this card is really calling on that the fact that you see the importance of honoring all cultures mm -hmm. and how you have helped to foster and keep these things alive. And you're just so devoted to shamanism. And once again, it hasn't been easy for you to take these ancient truths and really speak of them from your heart while also being met with a lot of resistance at first, because you were bringing something in that is, I think, Unfortunately, the universe brings like it builds it with resistance so you can build that muscle and own it and hold it confidently. But this is you really claiming that fire coming through. The seven is a steep spiritual seeker and just kind of melting in to this process of authenticity. It's relaxing in there as well. Like when you're with your tribe, when you're with mm. your people, like you know who you are, you know what you're bringing in and relaxing into it and not being scared of your fire anymore. Mm -hmm. Cause you do have a lot of fire as well. We operate, okay. we work with it differently, obviously, but yeah, like you are not someone to be crossed and you should be proud of that as well, that you are strong because you are protecting sacred, vulnerable, priceless things. So that fire has to be there to protect what you are meant to be protecting yourself, this land and others. So really being proud of your fire when you're around, whether it's your tribe, a woman's gathering. So there was a very feminine feeling in that card, but also around your sacred, beautiful men. Mm -hmm. who really know what it means to be, I feel a sacred man where you don't abuse, you don't feel empowered by taking away other people's power. So I think you have a great community and you are allowed to let your fire out and feel safe that you have so much mm -hmm. because it's there for a reason. Beautiful. That was such an enriching, nourishing three card reading. Thank you so much. And um, there's something here. Yeah, with the community piece here, here in Austin, it is such a powerful and strong and anchored and embodied community, at least the, the, the close friend group that I tend to be with the most. I am held mm -hmm. in such honoring safe space. Oh, and it even makes me like kind of sigh a breath of relief because yeah, I think when it all boils down to it, my greatest prayer and also greatest fear, it's like both in one is like, I just want to be the fullness of me and feel safe and being like all of me, especially with all of my spiritual and shamanic gifts. 
and throughout them in years, like, yes, there've been friendships, like you being one of them, like throughout the way where, yeah, like when I'm with that person, that safe space is there, but like now mm -hmm. it's a broader, it's a more expansive zone mm -hmm. that has been established where there is mm -hmm. a larger number of people in one space mm -hmm. that, that allows me to be in the fullness of who I am. And they know that that's my prayer and they celebrate that prayer and hold that prayer and vision for me. And yeah, it's been incredible. The last little thing I'll say that has been a recent thing is a lot. It's actually been a lot of the men, not that the women aren't doing it, but there's been something that right now feels extra important about me being seen by these men, these other conscious mm -hmm. leaders, spiritual leader men here. And there have been a lot of them in different settings, different ceremonies, different gatherings who have unexpectedly come up to me and in different ways really expressed verbally and otherwise like, thank you for carrying the weight that you have carried for so long. Thank you for your the work that you do for all of us. And like, these are, powerful men, you know, who, like you said, they're not the type of men who gain their strength and power from diminishing another's power. They're the type of people that have done the work and are at a place within themselves to be humble enough to go to a woman and bow essentially and say, thank you. I see you. Holy crap. Thank you for what you've carried for me and for us. And so I've been really grateful for those conversations and those relationships. Yeah. Things are shifting. Yeah, they sure. are. And they it's freaking men for them to be allowed to be vulnerable and express who they really are. Honesty is where we're all trying to get to because so many of us don't think we can share what's really going on. Even those sensitive places like, Oh, if I go up and share with Allison, how much I honor her, is she going to think I'm weird? There are fears that they have. Is she going to think I'm creepy? So mm. I think it's beautiful that people are getting over whatever delusions they're working with so they can heal ego and get to that place of even uplifting someone, man or woman. It's great to be seen and it's great to learn that it's safe to do that, mm -hmm. to share compliments and say, I see you right now. So that's oh. beautiful because yeah. you, you definitely deserve to be seen and honored in that way. Yeah, it's been really healing just based upon childhood wounds and ex-relationship wounds to have men come to me and like do the bowing and do the sacred honoring instead of otherwise. So, or the opposite. So let's see, I think the last thing before we get into the closing part of the ceremony with your share for some reason it keeps pinging in. And I remember um, when I texted you and I was like, Hey, you know, are there certain things that you feel, I don't always ask people this, but for some reason with you, I was just like, are there certain topics you've, you feel extra inspired to share about right now? And for some reason, there was one word where I was like, huh, it surprised me for some reason. Like not, we didn't get into non-duality, maybe another time we will, but like, I was like, oh yeah, non-duality, that makes sense authenticity for sure. Comedy and tarot for sure. But for some reason, when I saw the word intention, I don't know why. And so I just wanted to see what do you mean by that? And why did that come to the top of the list? Intention I have learned is almost everything, not everything, everything. It's a lot, but 
it's like, we have this unique relationship to everything we encounter in life. And I will say a lot of this knowledge I got from the school I went through that I'm no longer associated with, but I just have to say that because I did learn about this giving this honor. Way. Yeah. Yeah. That was a so, whole other thing that maybe the next time Kate's on because yeah, she went on a very deep and long and intriguing journey with a certain spiritual school where God, maybe I, can we just touch upon one thing and it just one thing and keeping yeah. the sacredness around it all and sharing whatever your comfort level is, because I know you have gained so many healing techniques and wisdoms from being yes. a part of the school. But so honoring that <laughs> along with you were totally devoted. I mean, financially, emotionally, like, I mean, you invested so much money into the school and just so <laughs> many time, everything. And then there was at one point where, and I know the word cult is very strong, but I'm not sure what other word to use, but I will just say at one point you let yourself face the possibility that you had been involved in a school that, I don't know, how do we say it? That didn't have the most positive intention. I felt, yeah. So the teachings of the school, incredible. I still utilize it. Ancient wisdom, a lot of brilliance, a lot of brilliance woven in. So I honor and work with that. I have not thrown that out. And I haven't also thrown out a lot of the souls I met through the school, beautiful people. I walked away from it as an organization because I did not feel things were being run properly. And I didn't like a lot of the dynamics. I won't go too much into it now. I never want to go after anyone actually in that way, but there were some, in my opinion, messed up things, not cool things. Cause I was so devoted and I didn't feel honored by the end. How did you get to that brave place? So, cause this is that little core nucleus that I want to get to and, and hopefully being of service to others listening because cognitive dissonance is a really real and freaking strong thing that can take down even the strongest of people. Like when you are that invested in an institution or a school, like, like you said, like we, I said it financially, mind, body, spirit, soul, like you're fully into this school. How did you get to that brave place where you could even allow the pondering of weight? Like, have I been duped or like what has been really going on here to where you could even be strong enough to question has everything that I've been believing in for the last eight, nine, 10 years been a farce because that is not an easy thing to question right. and face, like, how did you break out of that possible dissonance? Right. Well, I was able to still take the good away from it, but that was a big part of it. Cause I was like, did I just waste money? I didn't have and time. And I was like, no, that was real magic that I learned. And it's beautiful. And maybe our story isn't finished with that school. Maybe there's healing to take place there if I'm listened to and regarded properly, in my opinion, and the proper structures are set up in that school, in my opinion. But it was just a bunch of different things that started adding up. So, you know, something happens in the first year and you're like, oh, that doesn't sit right by me, but you know, I'm getting so much out of this. And then after, I mean, it hit a breaking point big time. And the last thing that happened I was so appalled 
and hurt and still didn't feel listened. And there were just a lot of things going on too, that if I said them all, I think it would be pretty shocking, but you know, I'm going to leave it to them to take care of their own stuff. But yeah, I just, I saw enough things and couldn't believe the choices they made. And I felt so unappreciated and buried and I felt a lot of things. So I just eventually, as hard as it was, said, I am walking away. I don't want to be associated with this. And I'm certainly not being appreciated in this. And I brought a lot to that school. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like a, a bad relationship, right? Where like, you mm. just get to a breaking point and yeah. you're like, cause I know in a lot of my past relationships, which is also why I went through such a vigorous spiritual journey. I wanted to stop these cycles I kept creating especially in my romantic life. So eventually you just have enough. And I hit my point and I said, I need to have <laughs> some respect and dignity. And, and I also had to come through, this has been a big lesson for me too. And then I'll finish up the intention thing is not navigating by labels. So I used to be a strict vegan and I navigated through that are you vegan? Are you vegetarian? Oh, now I know who you are. You know, oh, you're spiritual. Oh, you have a crystal collection. Like I used to just, um, navigate where I thought that meant you were this, or that meant you were this. So in that school and just in life in general, I had to learn where I'm feeling into things. How Mm. does this feel? Not just Mm. what does it say on paper? So that was part of everything. And in terms of intention, what I love is that everything that you encounter in life is its unique relationship. So if you set an intention, which I set every second of the day, my life is for evolution, love and healing. Mm -hmm. So everything I interact with, even if it's like something annoying happening, I put that in that mill of this is going in that direction for me to heal. And because my intention is true, it is pure. I feel that everything I encounter evolves towards that direction. Even if in the moment, my ego is saying, this isn't how it should be. Hmm. No, but my highest self had said, has said, I want everything I encounter to be for my deepest healing and awareness. So I allow everything I encounter to be for that. And everything is an individual, unique relationship. So that's what I love so much about it. And everyone can set their intention. I want to live my life in this direction. And I would advise it being in the healing (laughs) evolutionary mindset, because I think even though it can be difficult, it's way easier than the other one. I agree. Yeah, totally agree. It reminds me of how, I mean, I live in a constant nonstop state of prayer and surrender and intention and yeah, just living in service to God, goddess and the calls and directives yeah. they give me. But like before, I don't think I hit record yet What while we were just getting present and I was speaking the prayer and my prayer is always just may it serve individually, Kate and I like our individual highest, greatest earthly good and the highest, greatest earthly good of all, like of all the soul fam listening here. And so for you listening, just so you know, before you actually start to listen to this interview, there's a lot that's occurring to set a really safe and pure divine container for you all 
And the intention is always set before every interview that every word, every transmission, every share, every mm -hmm. ritual at the end is always in place and sending you exactly what you need for your highest, greatest earthly good. And it's like, how can you ever go wrong if you're setting that intention before a conversation, before a podcast interview, before, you know, even for Animal Power Book? My intention was, may this be a living, breathing medicine book that is completely embodied with integrity and pure divine energetics, pure divine. I just knew it needed to be a pure, living, divine vessel, living, breathing, pure, divine vessel. From there, may it just do whatever it, it's meant to do from there. Like I, it's none of my business almost from there. It's like, people are like, oh, did you set the goal or intention for it to be a New York Times bestseller? No, if that happens, great, beautiful. I received that. But my intention was, may it serve everyone's highest, greatest earthly good and be of pure divine mm -hmm. transmission. So yeah, I'm glad that you brought yeah. that in and yeah. I'm, like reiterate the importance of that. So, okay. <laughs> so we'll get into the closing ceremony only because I have to be to, I'm getting a, um, it's not my first time doing it and it's so I'm nervous, but it's called like nasal cranial. It's like you get a balloon put up your nose and then the doctor inflates the balloon and it cracks open the bones in your head and your what? skull. It's one of the wildest procedures I've ever had done. <gasps> it's fast, but it's really, it's like pretty nerve wracking. But it's safe. Totally safe. The way you just described it sounds like a Tom and Jerry scary cartoon. They did stuff like that. And I'm like, wait, what? But I know you wouldn't do anything that's my dangerous. Everything in my body, you know, when it was offered to me a month or so ago, oh, I just felt a big energy around it. Everything in my body was like, I'm being, I'm called to do this. And everything also in me was like, I want to run from this, but I knew I needed to listen to the call. And I was so nervous. I watched Luke do it before me. And I was like, now I want to run even more. Like, are you kidding me? But then, but that deeper part of me was like, lean in your body needs this for different reasons. And so I did it. And anyways, the doctor's back in town. And so I, after you close okay. this show, I'm going to head straight there to do Oh, that. you're fine. You already did it. You're fine. Already did it. Thanks. Right. Is there anything we need to do? Like, do you want, obviously for driving, always say like, pause it, do this later. I don't know what oh, Kate's right. offering, yes. but like, don't probably don't drive while she's doing it. And should people sit up, lay down anything or? You can lay down or sit up. And if you are driving, do a version of it that you like. Cause you can do a version of it without, you know, but do the lightest version of it. Okay. And it's pretty fitting. It's the fire and water meditation. Perfect. Cause obviously I was called to bring in fire and we'll get into that in a second, but the water element has also been so necessary and healing for me that I wanted to bring that in, just like bring it in constantly for me when the fire gets too much. So I had to kind of bring that in and I'll do a quick meditative Beautiful. experience. So let's start with just taking three deep breaths. So I would like for you to call on your inner fire. 
start to feel that flame build, but you get to choose how hot it gets in your system. You can let it simmer at a lower heat if that feels comfortable. You can up the heat and really feel that fire coming in your body if you would like. But what I want everyone to do is allow this fire as you call on it in your system to burn away any old patterns, old belief systems, any obstacle that is holding you back from being in your truest power. Allow that fire to alchemize those places, to transform them into what they are meant to be. Let that fire burn it away calmly. It doesn't have to hurt, but feel that fire in your system and sit with it. Breathe with it. You can call on the Hindu deity, Kali, that I work with often. She came to me. You can call on her to have her assist you in holding that fire and knowing it's okay to let it burn away anything that is no longer suiting you. You can call on the sun god, Ra, if you want to sit with that kind of a fire and just letting those things burn away that do not suit you. We're going to sit here for a little bit, just letting that fire do its thing and knowing that you're safe to allow this fire enter your body. And now we're going to call on the water element while still allowing that fire there. So balancing both the fire that you called upon and that water element in and let that water course through your system. Feel it as it cleanses you, as it calms you, as it gives you that calming, beautiful energy you need to really hold that fire without being consumed by it. You can call on a mermaid goddess I love, Yamanye, to help assist you. You call on Poseidon, king of the seas. You can call on him if you'd like him to assist you, but feel both that fire element and that water element. And as you hold those opposing forces, remember that we are built of opposing forces as well. And it's okay to carry all of it and to be who we truly are. So now we're gonna breathe three more times, deep breaths. Fully come back to yourself. You may open your eyes if they were closed. And thank you for allowing me to do that for everyone Uh, and for you, Allison. Thank you. That was so exactly, of course, what was needed. And yeah, I felt so good to just, yeah, to remember how easy it is. Like we, how much in charge we are, like just on demand, like, oh, I want the flame all the way through. Oh, now I want it to be like more in my heart and abdomen. Like it's just, yes. 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 It can be simple and it's intuitive to call on these elements. It's funny to even like, I'm not trying to coin it or anything either because calling on simple elements like fire and water, something you can do at any time Mm -hmm. without a guide with the guide. 
Yeah, really nourishing. I'll just close with saying one interesting piece that came up was uh, something that Luke and I had a really lovely conversation around this week. And I don't want to get into the nuts and bolts of what led us to the conversation because it's that's just a whole other podcast episode. But we landed with this concept, this notion that resonated so deeply for me of I haven't really spoken out loud, so I'm trying to find the words, but essentially, can you imagine how each person would feel and what the world would be like if we we're able to be adept in both, not mm. letting praise go to our head and not letting criticism go to our heart? I love that. And so, yeah, I just wanted to lend my closing practice ritual to this because that was where I was at in that water fire mm. journey it took me back to that. Yeah. Cause it's, it would just, I would invite you listening. If you, if it resonates to lean into that inquiry and ask yourself, you know, how adept and skilled do you feel when someone says like how much they, you know, they love you or how great you are at something or like, Oh, you're so amazing. You're the best mystic I've ever met. Like, does that go to your head, honestly? And to what degree, to what percentage and capacity does that fuel your head, your mind, your ego with like, I'm the fucking greatest? Or is it met with just neutrality and, you know, a neutral thank you? Same with inquiring when somebody, whether the person knows you or has never met you and they're just saying something from the outside, like says something really critical of you, there's a criticism that comes in. How much does that hit your heart? And how much do you allow that criticism to enter into your heart space, that sacred heart space? How much does that criticism take you down? To what percentage does the critique hurt you? And it's just, I think that's a really healthy thing to tune into and become more consciously aware of. So yeah, my prayer is just being able, cause I'm really skilled. One thing I think I have mastery in is I don't let praise go to my head at all. Mm. Where I've had to do such an evolutionary dance is more the other one. And I've gotten so much stronger, but when criticism, especially from people who have never met me and don't even know me, say something critical mm. of me, it used to really mm. hurt. And now I'm, just energetically shielded and deeper ways. And I've been working that muscle for so long, it impacts me less. But my prayer is that I'm equally in mastery and equally mm -hmm. as adept in being neutral. And the ultimate goal is to be able to genuinely say the same comment back to both. You know what I'm saying? Like they would both <laughs> get the same message because I'm equally as unaffected, you know what I mean? Anyways. Yeah. When I get that real negative criticism or I'm talking like more like troll energy though, I block. <laughs> it oh, hurts yeah. so bad. Yeah. It's not allowed I in the field. Block. It's not in allowed the sacred field. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. blocking is a healthy. Yeah. It's just so, and I don't know, especially with the comedian thing, like, I don't know if they think I'm going to roll with it more, but like, some of them have made some really mean comments and I'm like block. Yeah. It's protecting that, that energy field. Yeah. It's like, no, this is a sacred space and 
unkindness yeah. and attempts at pain body projection and, and attempts at harming is not allowed in this sacred space. Exactly. Uh -huh. Exactly. So good. Well, thank you for everything. And thank you so yeah. for joining. I'll put um, thank you. in the show notes how you can find Kate. You can have your own tarot card reading with her. She also does these amazing and powerful and potent healing sessions. But if they want to email you right now or contact you for one of those, how can they reach out? It's K, just the letter K, Wolf, W-O-L-F-F, 27 at gmail.com. So Wolf like, ow, ow, that yes. kind of <laughs> <Nice>. But two Fs. <laughs> yes. So feel free to reach out. She's someone I've known for a long time and she does amazing work. Anything else? Any last little thing you want to say? I'm just honored to be on this. I know that you are very careful with how you select and it's because you care about your listeners and your community. And I'm honored that you were able to bring me on and I got to share, yeah, some of my thoughts and passions. Mm -hmm. It was <laughs> so, so good. So it's such a, a healthy dose of so many things. So thanks for your honesty and your embodiment that you've gained first from so many years and lifetimes of the work and facing and being in the fires. So love you so much. And love Soul Fam, you. thank you for sitting with us. And I will sit with you again next time. Woo! What a beautiful, powerful voyage that was. It truly brings me so much joy and activates and lights me up to be able to sit with these incredible teachers, leaders, and masters from all over the world. So to learn more about them, just head to my website where all of the show notes and their details are listed. That's alisoncharles.com, A-L-Y-S-O-N-C-H-A-R-L-E-S.com. And remember, what makes Ceremony Circle Podcast so unique is that at the end of every single episode, you're able to immerse in a potent guided ritual practice or ceremony for your empowerment. So please feel free to make note of the practices that you really resonate with, the ones that really light up your soul and come back to those episodes anytime, any day. You can use them as your daily practices. And I recommend starting your day with one of them at your altar space. Ah, it's been an honor voyaging with you today. And I would so truly appreciate if you'd open your heart to take a quick few seconds to drop a review on Apple, sharing what you love most or appreciate most about Ceremony Circle Podcast. Receiving those reviews is so helpful and allows us to continue to share this valuable content. And don't forget, if you haven't already gotten your copy of my new best-selling book, Animal Power, you can do so anywhere books are sold, or I most recommend going to my website. Again, that's allisoncharles.com backslash animal power, because when you purchase for you and your friends there, you get a free video guided shamanic journey to meet your current power animal that I facilitate. Animal Power Book is a modern day compendium featuring 100 different power animals, what each animal represents, their wisdom messages for you, guided practices, and stories from all over the world. I personally put the book up to my heart each morning at my altar, and I ask which animal most wants to work with me that day. And then I simply close my eyes and flip the book open to the page I'm guided and 
Let me tell you, I have been deeply moved to tears on many occasions, and I can't wait for you to experience it as well. I worked on this book for many, many years, and it's now my greatest honor to have it available for you. So anytime animals reveal themselves for you, you can just head to Animal Power Book and see what that animal is trying to get your attention for. All right, Soul Fam, let's unite again in our next episode coming out next week so we can sit together and continue to activate greater consciousness energies for everyone. Much love. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.